Welcome to Progression to Analog, an educational podcast centered around exploring more human every day. My hope is that this podcast will help you to create an everyday life, both personal and professional, with a more balanced approach to technology. The transformation of everyday life toward a more human daily existence filled with unmediated experiences begins with a progression to analog. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Progression to Analog. I'm your host, Caitlin Begg. Today, we'll be speaking about human-centric enterprise artificial intelligence, especially for small and medium enterprises, with Dr. Anna Latinen of Helsinki. Hi, Anna. Really nice to have you on. Hi, Caitlin. Thank you for having me. Anna and I actually met at Work 2023, which was a Future of Work conference in Turku, Finland this summer. So wonderful to be reconnecting. Likewise, likewise. It was a great conference, and I think it inspired uh, a lot of thinking and discussion surrounding the impact of new tech on our society. Certainly, certainly. And and Anna's presentation was really interesting at the conference. She spoke about digitalization and robotics and working life, specifically about AI and robotics and knowledge work and how to create sustainable value co-creation, which goes along a little bit with some of her research, which we'll, we'll get into. And, and at, at that conference, I spoke about the effect of asynchronous communication on daily interaction and, and also the joint optimization of social and technical systems for organizational change and the socio-technical approach to digital communication dysfunction avoidance in remote and hybrid work settings. So Anna and I certainly had in common the, the socio-technical approach to technology leverage within organizations. And just as a little bit more of an intro, Anna is a DBA senior researcher at, at Hagahilia University of Applied Sciences in Helsinki, Finland. And she specializes in the transformation of work life from the perspectives of the impact of artificial intelligence, evolution of psychological contract, gender roles, and, and women's careers. And she has over 20 years of industry, entrepreneurial, startup, and academic experience in Finland, across Europe, and globally. She's an internationally published scholar and, really interestingly, a recipient of the academic paper Most Relevant to Entrepreneurs Award presented by the United States Association for Small Business and Entrepreneurship. And in the research and development projects led by Anna, over 150 companies and organizations have been supported in the past three years to explore AI opportunities and develop AI solutions tailored to their business needs. So I think that that's just wonderful, Anna, that your research is so practical and helpful to so many businesses. Gailey, thank you. And I'm a strong believer in applied research. So uh, where we can pretty much immediately not only research and understand the business context and the societal context of AI and the impact on work life, but also we don't only research it, but we, in addition to that, carry out quite a bit of development work, both myself and my university university as a whole. So it's really the combination of research and then development work that leads to innovations that I'm very passionate about. Certainly. And and one of those innovations or outcomes that I've seen of yours that's so wonderful is this Empowering SMEs with Artificial Intelligence brief that's available for download. I'll, I'll put the link in the podcast description. It's 173 pages and just so many different resources. A lot of it's geared towards SMEs in Finland, but actually a lot of it I found was applicable to companies in America, across Europe. So would love to know a little bit about what that project was like and some of the main takeaways for our audience. Well, I'm glad you're bringing that up because the guide, it's not just product of publication, but it's uh, rather a culmination of uh, a long-term work with uh, close to 150 
companies in helping them to deploy AI as a part of their business processes and work processes. I do believe that the guide itself, it uh, takes you quite gently through the path of what it takes to deploy AI successfully within the organization. What does it mean for uh, from three essential angles, from the processes, people, and technology side of business and how you can bring them together. And essentially, it's a very practical guidance into how to adopt AI, how to begin learning about about it, where to start, if you want that to be as part of your business. And SMEs were a very special focus for us because in Finland, uh, 98% of all the companies are SMEs. And wow. uh, that that number in Europe is actually 99%, close to 99%. That leads to a logical conclusion that if we manage to support this group of companies effectively in the deployment of AI, then on the competitiveness of uh, countries, the competitiveness of Europe, and the economic, larger economic and societal impact that we can anticipate. But you're also absolutely right on the on the fact that it's not only SMEs that can benefit from some of the tips and uh, insights that have been gathered in that guide to empowering SMEs, because a lot of those things that are described there, they're also applicable to the processes of larger organizations, larger companies, as well as also smaller uh, businesses. Definitely, definitely. And one of the things that I found interesting in the guide on, on page 22 was around figures that refer to use of AI and SMEs participating in the clean tech accelerator. But I find that these figures are pretty applicable generally based on other data that I've seen. And it essentially said that 45% of these companies have only a basic understanding of the importance of AI for developing business processes, but haven't applied it yet. 20% of companies said that they do not have an understanding of how AI could be used in business. 20% say that we've mapped the potential, but we haven't yet reached the stage of deploying AI. 10% saying that companies have carried out artificial intelligence experiments and pilots, and 5%, only 5%, saying that our company is about to launch or has launched new AI-based products and or services. So that was very interesting to me in that very few companies have actually launched new AI-based products or services. So what do you think is keeping companies especially SMEs, from launching artificial intelligence systems within the organizations. Caitlin, indeed, those are very interesting and uh, insightful statistics. And keep in mind that those are from uh, 2021. And somehow intuitively, I thought that uh, nowadays, now that we have such uh, wider access to AI through the generative AI and the different uh, applications that exist out there, I somehow thought, okay, the situation would be different. But I was just giving a conference talk at the end of last year, at the end of 2023, and I just asked the audience to vote quickly on to which extent do they apply AI in their work. And it turns out that the statistics are not really that different, even though we have progressed so much with how accessible AI nowadays is. And then, of course, it's a very interesting question as to why it is like that. And 
And on the one hand side, I believe that it's uh, access to knowledge and understanding and the practical application to one's own work. But if we think about it on the level of companies, what we uh, notably see at this present moment in time is an enormous shift from the general discussion and understanding of AI to how to make it concrete and how to yes, create yes. the data strategy for your company, how to create an AI strategy for uh, your business. And there is also a lot of outside pressure that the companies seem to be experiencing in this regard because the, their customers, their partners, they anticipate to have your company's vision as to what do you want to achieve with AI? How do you want to make it a part of your business? So this is the transformation that we are currently uh, seeing. So how to move from the general understanding, general discussion about AI into the very concrete applications of it uh, for business. I think this is also brings us to this interesting uh, next stage in AI development. So we do need to have uh, more of those accessible tools for companies to actually make that a part of their business. And at the same time, the efforts to support that work within companies. In many ways, uh, it also goes back to individuals because, of course, companies, organizations, they all consist of individuals. And it's all about the people who uh, make this change happen. And we have researched and we actually discovered that in order for artificial intelligence to be effectively adopted in organizations, what it requires from people is uh, quite a bit of entrepreneurial spirit. We discovered three main dimensions for what does it mean to be to have that entrepreneurial spirit and what makes a difference for how quickly or efficiently uh, AI-related uh, products, services, and improvements come about. And these three personal qualities, they were proactivity, self-efficacy, and job crafting. So proactivity in a sense of the individual proactivity in uh, being curious about things and learning about them. And interestingly, we discovered that it's not really only the learning and training programs that are provided by companies, but it is rather the self-learning that makes the biggest difference in how people discover the opportunities related to AI. And then as we move to those other qualities like self-efficacy, that refers then to individuals' faith in his or her own abilities to cope with different type of situations and challenging situations in work as well. And of course, if we build the bridge to the adoption of new technologies such as AI, self-efficacy is quite an important element of it. And job crafting then, of course, is the third factor contributing to this entrepreneurial spirit concept where individuals' ability to adopt their own job role, to craft their job role, to impact it. And quite interestingly, we also discovered that, and this is the research that I referred to that we carried out a couple of years back uh, uh, at Hagahelia, we discovered that those who participate in AI-related development work, 
they benefit in two ways from that participation. First of all, those professionals, and the majority of them were knowledge workers, they were able to gain new depth into their existing work role and some new dimensions and some new inspiration to their current uh, current job uh, function and job role. And the second output was that they felt that participating in AI-related development work, it allowed for them to also be proactive about crafting their work role of the future and what their job and job content, the work role, what will it look like in the future? So instead of passively sitting back and awaiting for the possible changes to come their way, they would be there at the very forefront of that change and making a big impact on their work role as well. Wow, that's the very, very illuminating insights. And it's it's interesting what you said at the at the beginning, saying that in your conference talk at the end of 2023, a lot of people still felt like they weren't prepared to implement artificial intelligence within the organization. And that goes along with a a Forbes article that came out at at the end of October that said that only 9% of surveyed companies are ready to manage risks posed by AI and ready to implement some of the systems. And I think this goes to what you were saying and some of my takeaways from your wonderful packet and brief is that a lot of companies just haven't taken it from macro concept to micro on an everyday basis. How can we get going with this? And one of the things that you mentioned is that entrepreneurial spirit, which is so important. And part of that, I believe, is the socio-technical approach to AI and something that you did and your team did such a great job of illuminating in this empowering small and medium enterprises with artificial intelligence brief is on page 35, there's a cartoon. And it's funny, when you first sent me this information, I went and looked it up and I downloaded the Finnish version and I didn't realize that there was an English version at first. So I spent a little bit <laughs> translating the the cartoon <laughs> to, to English, <laughs> but I found it to be so wonderful. The image where there's a main image and there's a man holding hands with a robot and it says, our journey begins. People and data are at the core of AI adoption in SMEs. The best results are achieved when humans and machines work together. AI adoption is a journey with multiple steps and phases. Digitalization and AI are shaping the world race to the AI adventure. And I love the way that you shape that around humans and machines holding hands to begin this AI journey, because for a lot of small and medium enterprises, especially, I think it can feel overwhelming. Like there's two separate things. There's the people in the organization, and then there's this scary, nebulous existence of artificial intelligence that's separate from the people, separate from the organization. But actually, the value comes within the co-creation of humans and machines. So walk me through a little bit about that part of your research and that part of what you do in terms of AI and SMEs is why is it so important that humans and machines work together on this journey? Absolutely. We have worked to the date with the 65 companies in the past two and a half years. Uh, the companies that went through 
AI acceleration uh, process. So they took part in AI accelerators and uh, the requirement was that it's not just a single person participating, but it's both IT and business representation. And quite often those companies took part as teams. And what we observed there, in order for AI to be deployed effectively and in order for companies to be able to identify AI use cases, to learn to prioritize them, and then to select those that move down the pipeline towards the piloting and implementation, there are essentially three things that need to come together. And all of those three things, they need to work together beautifully. Otherwise, the uh, equation doesn't work. And these are people, processes, and technology. Now, the interesting part is that throughout all of these company AI journeys, I haven't seen a single instance where there wouldn't be a technical solution available or that we wouldn't be able to come up with technological aspect of what the companies tried to create. And so I do believe that the technical expertise today is more than sufficient to respond to any business need. Now, the trick is, and this is something that companies and teams had to learn, is that if you want for your AI deployment to be strategic, to be smart, and to be effective, then it needs to be derived from understanding the business needs, the business requirements, and what type of problems or challenges do you want to solve on the business side first? And the temptation nowadays, I believe, to jump to the technical side of things and try to figure out the technology behind what you want to create, or maybe the temptation to just go ahead and test some new technology, it's quite high just because, you know, we see so many exciting AI solutions out there. But the way to make it work is always start on the business side of things, to get people on board, to get the right people on board, to have both the business and the IT uh, colleagues talking to each other and planning together, developing together, and then to build up the processes and place them in order. And then you will be able to bring some uh, beautiful and exciting technology solutions to support that. And of course, when we look at these processes of AI deployment in companies, uh, of course, the cooperation between the machine and human, it, it's truly needed. And if we look at this at the broader level of society and societal development that we see, of course, a lot of that discussion nowadays, it seems to be very technocratic in nature. Yes, and yes. On uh, from the perspective of all of the research that I'm a part of and all of the different RDI projects that uh, I have either launched myself or been a part of, I would love to see that discussion shift a little bit from that technocratic focus to yep. human-centered and even most importantly to human-driven.
driven perspectives yep. the so that the development work related to ai is truly driven by values and driven by the human factors and values behind it and it it goes without saying that the technology the technology revolution it cannot be stopped we've seen this many many times through the evolution of tech as a part of our lives and uh, businesses and as part of uh, company operations but what we do have the possibility to do is to understand the impacts of ai on society at large we can talk about the role of business world in those uh, changes that uh, that happen and i believe that in this moment in time this is the topic that requires very polyphonic and open discussion and yes. at, at the same time when we talk about this machine human cooperation it is true that ai already today it can solve problems that we as humans cannot as we face all of these global challenges whether it is poverty or combating climate change or achieving sustainable development goals this is where ai can offer algorithms and efficiency whereas humans have the ability to interpret and to analyze the work that is done by ai or whereas ai operates based on uh, instructions we as humans can create visions and establish the values that will guide that work exactly and and that's so important what you're speaking about this socio-technical approach to AI and this human-centered approach to artificial intelligence, not only for small and medium enterprises, but just for everyone listening to this to shift our perspective a little bit. And I think a few things that you said were interesting. First, in, in that for organizations to leverage artificial intelligence effectively, at first is about building up processes and putting them in order. Because if you don't know what processes would be augmented by artificial intelligence, then it's difficult to continue. Sam Altman said something interesting at, at Davos, the World Economic Forum, and you need to think about how to make your workflows more efficient before you can leverage artificial intelligence. And while I agree with that, I think what he was missing in his statement was what you were saying, which is there also needs to be a people-centered approach to AI. And we need to think not only about how the workflow might be more efficient, but how will this workflow, how will these new workflows work with our people? How can we as humans create co-create value with artificial intelligence? Because from the technocratic perspective, if we're just turning everything into digital systems uh, overnight, that could lead to a high attrition rate. People could leave the organization. It, it could change the culture. It could, it could lead to unwanted outcomes. So it's very important to have that value co-creation. And something else that, that I picked up on what you just mentioned that that I, I really res really resonated with me is how important dialogue is within the organizations and conversation in co-creating value around artificial intelligence, figuring out from an organizational standpoint, what is most important for us? Where are we and where do we want to be? Because in an ideal sense, what artificial intelligence does is it opens up time within our everyday lives for people to unlock creativity and human potential and not for it to replace humans, for it to augment our our powers and our abilities. And something else that I thought was so interesting in this larger sense, the this project that Anna is working on is AI-TIE, so AI Technology Innovation Ecosystems for Competitiveness of SMEs or Small or Medium Enterprises. 
It's coordinated by Hagahelia University of Applied Sciences, where she works, and it aims to support small and medium enterprises in developing and growing their business through this use of AI solutions to innovate. And the objective of the project is to move the AI discussion from this general level, macro level, to industry-specific training, mentoring, and accelerator operations. And really, the project is developing a new AI innovation ecosystem as a new collaboration e arena and produces and offers training materials and web content. And one of the things I found really interesting is there's a course that is available. And this is a free course through Hagahili Online called AI in Business, Artificial Intelligence in Business, and speaks about how you can apply the opportunities offered by artificial intelligence to develop your own business. And what it outlines in the course structure is the business benefits of artificial intelligence, the an introduction to artificial intelligence and machine learning, data types and sources, because that's another important element of leveraging artificial intelligence is having control over your data within the organization and figuring out what you're going to do with it. The central role of data, a good use case for artificial intelligence, then moving on to data maturity, data strategy. And then you look at artificial intelligence use gap analysis and cost estimation, use case prioritization, which is especially important for small and medium enterprises or any business or organization leveraging AI. How do we prioritize where to use it? Because there's so many different tools, there's so many different technologies out there, structuring and visualizing an AI use case looking at the vocabulary, the use case design tools, and then an AI and business test. And I just found this course to be so wonderful, and I haven't seen anything like it that specifically supports small and medium enterprises. I, I feel as if within America, that might be because so much of the focus too much is on these larger monster organizations, and a lot of the small and medium enterprises get left behind. It was interesting what you said about the percentage of organizations in Europe being SMEs and not around 99%, and would love to know a little bit more about the development of this course and why you think it could be beneficial to small, medium business owners or employees. Indeed. Well, that course uh, in particular is different maybe from the others that you see in the market in a sense that uh, it doesn't only offer you the uh, general understanding of AI from the business perspective, but it also helps you to learn how to identify AI cases, AI use cases in your work, in the work of your company or organization, and then how to prioritize them. And uh, by the way, of course, this course and uh, the guide that you mentioned earlier, AIStories.fi portal and those other tools that we're talking about today, all of those are freely accessible. They're free of charge. They're available uh, in English language. So I'm hoping that they are fairly easy to test and to benefit from. But when it comes to this course, there was one notion that I made in the process of uh, organizing AI accelerators, and it was that the most important part that companies found when they began the process and this journey of AI acceleration was indeed bringing people together. Uh, from different functions, from the different business areas, and uh, starting that proactive development work. And quite interestingly, when then the teams began to develop potential AI use cases and then to prioritize them and to gradually move them towards uh, piloting and practical implementation, 
it turned out that quite often the technical solution was not even in artificial intelligence. There was some other technical mechanism for implementing that solution. And uh, that just goes to show how critical it is to go ahead and start the development work and advance the improvement of business processes that are either internal or external to company uh, and then a lot of good will come out of that even if the technical solution itself is not in artificial intelligence exactly and i think that's what's so important is figuring out what solution is best for the organization at hand and one of the things that you speak about in this empowering smes with artificial intelligence brief is around the ex- many examples of ai solutions used in customer work everything from chatbots to self-service software to personalized marketing to maintaining customer relationships and things like that and when we're looking at artificial intelligence to improve business efficiency it's important we look at first we look at utilization of ai and personnel and organizational development then look at that personal workflow management the organizational learning down to the organization of activities and looking at development of the com- company's internal processes the automation one off a real time process analysis and then all the way down to lots of different items but i want to drill down for a second and i actually spoke to one of my friends, Heidi, who what her organization was one of Authentic Social's first clients back in the day. It's a small business located in New Jersey in America. And she was wondering, how can AI be leveraged with small businesses with processes? So she knows social media content, things like that. But she was saying businesses don't really know how to automate things. So how could we use AI to automate things? Or what are some concrete steps or tools that you found to help organizations like hers? Caitlin, every company's situation is a little bit different because, of course, when a company begins the journey of uh, uh, AI deployment and they begin to break down the business processes and look into what is it that they either want to improve uh, within their existing operations or maybe what are some of the new opportunities that they want to pursue with the help of new tech, then, of course, Every company's vision of that is always different. But my experience uh, shows that the companies, in the majority of the cases, when they set on the journey of AI deployment, they start quite often with the internal processes first. So they first look at the internal processes of the companies that they would like to improve, advance, and work on. And once they gain that experience and uh, then they begin to look into the processes that are especially there at the customer interface and how to improve the customer experience or how to be more efficient, more effective uh, and creative on the customer interface. That is usually how companies begin their journey with AI. And then with the help of some concrete tools, the ones that you will find, uh, for instance, in this virtual course of AI in business, the companies and individuals, they are guided through this process of first being very creative and 
being very free in coming up with ideas for potential AI use cases. So when we begin this journey, of course, we start with a very wide scope of ideas and we let our creativity make the best out of it. And then as we progress through the process of uh, uh, prioritizing the most critical ones and the most doable ones among those AI cases, then we begin to be more critical about discussing each of the case. What type of uh, resources would that need? Do we already have the data we need in place or do we need to start gathering it? Is our organization ready for that type of uh, solution? What are the budget concerns? Or do we have the right partners to make it happen? So, by the process of narrowing down the AI use cases, we then arrive to those pilot cases that are doable and possible and interesting for each individual organization in question. Definitely. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's making sure you look at the processes first and then figure out what the solution is instead of doing it in reverse and having something <laughs> sold to you that you don't even know if you if you want to use that or whether it fits for the organization drilling down in the processes is, is that what you're saying yes indeed and uh, of course that makes the process of ai deployment quite systematic but at the same time keep in mind also the individual level because each of us uh, we now have the access to ai in the way that wasn't possible, you know, a couple of years back. We have ChatGPT, we have a lot of solutions that are built on top, and that makes it very accessible and very easy for anyone to proactively try uh, some of the AI solutions that are already available out there. And I believe they're worth testing. That is certainly true. And there's a lot of tools out there. There's ChatGPT and OpenAI system, and you can create custom GPTs for your organizations. There's AITools.fyi, which is an interesting site where you can look up different tools. G2.com is where you can find different softwares. So there's lots of tools out there. But I think what you were saying that's very important is, is figuring out first from that workflow perspective, before we get to the tools element, really doing an analysis of what within our workflow needs improving, what could we optimize, what are things that we could improve upon with artificial intelligence and ensuring that your AI t activities are goal-oriented from the start and that you have checkpoints and that you're keeping track of this roadmap. And that also one of the things that I like from your research is that you encourage experimentation with AI and say that it encourage companies to consciously take minor risks. So instead of, say, leveraging a multi-million dollar software, there's lots of lower cost options out there to figure out, does this work? And your point about the individual level is especially important because in my work, with Authentic Social, I've seen a lot of times that organizations have an easier time adopting artificial intelligence systems if the individual leaders of the organization understand what it's like to use artificial intelligence on an individual level. And that could mean signing up for a premium version of OpenAI. It could mean playing around with the tools on that AI tool.fyi. It could mean reading Anna's research and downloading these briefs or taking the course, but understanding and empowering ourselves with this knowledge instead of like what you'd said earlier, watching, letting things pass by and seeing what comes to us, being proactive about 
making sure that the right people and the right systems are involved in this AI value co-creation from the start. Absolutely. And also, Caitlin, what we see as a major change taking place uh, as we speak is that, of course, at work, the bar is being raised all the time. So it's no longer enough to be a great expert in your own field to have the knowledge and the education for it, but it's almost already a requirement to be able to use new technologies such as AI and uh, to be comfortable with those. And so the baseline requirements for work, they keep on increasing and quite rapidly. And if some years back, we still thought that, all right, maybe this is more related to the processes of production, manufacturing, manual labor. Today, we see that this is equally relevant and maybe even more so for knowledge work and it's uh, for um, different types of processes and business functions across organizations. And equally important, both on the individual level and the company organizational level, if we look a few steps into the future, it is uh, absolutely so that in order to stay competitive, in order to gain some competitive advantage, it is a necessity to understand artificial intelligence, understand new tech, to stay curious about it, and also to learn how to adopt that in one's own work and in the work of uh, companies and organizations. Definitely. And I think essentially, curiously enough, what you've been saying is that in order to explore more human every day, actually artificial intelligence could play into that if, if deployed correctly. And if if approached from the socio-technical perspective, human-machine value co-creation, that's an important piece of this. Mm, absolutely. And this kind of goes back also to the aspects of uh, what is then human-driven AI? What is this values-driven AI development? And brings us back to also the ethical considerations of AI that needs to be equal, that needs to be fair, and yes. with the appropriate consideration of uh, risks. Yes, certainly. And a lot of these systems are not developed from an ethical standpoint from the beginning. So it is important to make sure that as an organization, you understand the, the implications of, of AI ethics. And one, one other thing that I thought was interesting about your research was were these stories from from SMEs, these AI stories, and how Finnish small medium enterprises have these hundred hundreds of successful AI stories that that people can learn a lot of from. And there's everything from analytics to help increase sales and sales margins to machine vision based AI solutions to promote manufacturing process or leveraging AI and digital transformation or shift planning or speeding up the recovery of lost goods or forecasting clearance time. I would love to hear a, a story from your perspective in one of the small medium enterprises that you've worked with or that you've researched and why it's interesting to you or why their outcome was so relevant. 
Well, I believe that to the date there are already so many inspiring stories about how companies have deployed uh, artificial intelligence. And AIStories.fi portal, it was designed specifically for that purpose. So a place where you can read, uh, where you can listen to, where you can watch some of these uh, stories. Well, I can give you a few examples of the companies that have progressed to um, successful AI deployment. And um, one of those companies is Link Design, and they have adopted artificial intelligence to develop sales. And uh, they have uh, um, used AI uh, to um, categorize and to visualize uh, the four years of uh, sales projects from the different perspectives. And that has helped them to better answer such questions as what type of projects should we be selling? Uh, what is it especially um, that our customers and that particular customer uh, values in our work the most? What does each of the customers need from us? And uh, so all in all, that has led to a better understanding of uh, their customers and in that way has helped to uh, make the sales efforts more focused. Then uh, another example is from an entirely different world. Um, it's a, a company called Assistor Ultra, and they are one of the leading importers of new cars to uh, to Finland, and they've developed an AI algorithm that helps them to estimate uh, the arrival uh, date of a new car, as well as what is the anticipated uh, number of arriving cars uh, on daily basis. And that is the type of solution that helps to plan the production. It helps to optimize the resources that go with it. And it's a good example from that context. And then uh, if we look into the type of solutions that exist in respect to AI already today, not everything needs to be developed by companies from scratch. And to give you an example from a company called Kito Simeon, and that is a Finnish company which deals with the transportation of uh, liquid, uh, liquid goods. And what they decided to do is that they adopted a half-ready solution from the market to help them optimize the purchasing invoices and dealing with the purchasing invoices and their regular inflow. And so they bought what was already in the market. Then, of course, the solution had to be adopted to the uh, IT infrastructure and the work environment of the company. But as a result of that, uh, it helped to eliminate up to 80% of the manual work related to the processing of uh, invoices. And one other reason why I love this example of Kito Simeon is because once they have succeeded with that one um, 
with that one solution that is AI based, they have already then launched into the exploration of other possibilities that AI can offer. And this is one of the um, uh, one of the outcomes that we see once the company invests in AI once, then it is likely to do so and keep on investing in AI six times more uh, in the future. So those are a few examples that come to my mind right away. But to be honest, uh, the examples begin to be countless um, in this moment in time. And uh, I do believe AIStories.fi is probably a good uh, way to start familiarizing with some of the solutions that are existing out there, as well as uh, to try and understand what type of challenges uh, uh, companies deal with, as well as what type of opportunities do they pursue with uh, AI? Uh, and of course, the best way is always to get your hands dirty and start uh, exploring and testing and uh, making the development work that is uh, AI related. Yes, yes, definitely. That is that is very true. The the getting your hands dirty and thinking about the implementation model off of this is on page 132 of your guide, I, I liked going off of what you just said about how to get your, okay, so how do we get our hands dirty? You can start with this implementation model that Anna and her team have, have so clearly laid out is first in exploring the benefits of AI for SMEs and building your competence and understanding. So that's first. Then starting from the business needs, and there's the online course and all those resources that will be linked in the description of this podcast. And then it's turning your data into a valuable resource and understanding your company's IT and tech capabilities, experimenting with AI, and then having conclusions on your decision and next steps. All the while, all the while going from getting started, design, implementation, evaluation of results and learning, understanding that that's a cycle. And that we're always learning and doing, and it's not just a check the box and we never look at this again. It's always an evaluation and a learning. Is that is that correct? Indeed, that's what it is. And a lot of that is also um, the process of managing change, understanding uh, change. So um, actually the new project that I started just at the uh, just at the end of last year, the beginning of this year, is uh, AI smart SMEs. So how to utilize the transformative power of AI for companies and for their employees. And um, in this context, we are then aiming to open up the role of AI uh, as uh, a change journey, both at individual and enterprise level. And there is this sense of iteration of the process and um, uh, that supports then the successful AI deployment and uh, um, uh, allows uh, allows for the change to be uh, accepted by uh, employees and uh, to be benefited from by companies and by organizations. Yes, yes, certainly. And uh, along these lines and just for, for listeners to get a, a larger understanding, why do you think that Finland is a leader in this type of research? 
Well, um, if I look at uh, uh, the intersection of uh, research and then the practical work of development that happens uh, uh, in companies and organizations, and I do believe that these two align and go hand in hand, um, the uh, Finland has uh, a strong uh, background in uh, technologies. It has a, a strong technical expertise. But I believe that the strength of Finland, if we look at it as, as a country, is uh, um, not even necessarily to be at the forefront of um, innovating and creating some new AI uh, solutions or applications because there are uh, other regions uh, of the world that are maybe more at the front of, of that work. But the strength of uh, Finland is in applying uh, those AI solutions that uh, exist. And I believe that this is uh, the key potential of uh, Finland and also many other geographies worldwide to learn to become efficient applicants of those fantastic and interesting AI solutions that are already out there. And there will be, of course, many more of those in the future. Certainly. And that notion of being an efficient applicant, I think, is so important today because there are so many different tools out there, but it comes down to how can I make myself an efficient applicant of this? And again, the resources that Anna has provided are just incredible, and they will all be linked in the podcast description. I highly recommend downloading it and, and leveraging them. And, and just to close, would love to know from your personal perspective, what does exploring a more human every day amidst technological modernity look like, both for you personally and on a societal level? Well, I believe that uh, on a personal level, um, it is about um, aligning uh, the work that we're doing with um, some of the personal values. It's also understanding how new technologies such as AI, how do they shape our lives? How do they shape our work, work processes, work roles? And um, being ahead of that change and uh, understanding it, breaking it down, accepting it, and ideally leading it also in such a way that is uh, human-driven and value-based. And in the same way, I believe that this reflects also, or I would love to see that be reflected more broadly on the societal level. So those same type of processes that uh, allow for human-machine cooperation, but in a way that is uh, fair, equal, considerate, ethical, in a way that it would enable us to, as a humanity, to tackle some of those uh, larger challenges that uh, we are facing today. And Caitlin, if you want to follow up at some point, um, as we speak, uh, uh, I and uh, uh, together with the team of researchers, we are carrying out uh, some new uh, research uh, on the ethical uh, aspects of uh, AI and also on the transformative meaning of it for the work uh, of each of us. And I would be happy to share uh, some of those insights with you as we progress into the spring and summer and then, of course, autumn of this year. 
Certainly, and would love to would love to learn all about your research in that realm. And I, I think the fair, considerate, and ethical elements of artificial intelligence are so important. And your research and work is is so valued, not just by me, but by so many others. So would love to continue the conversation that way. Um, but thanks so much for this illuminating conversation with so many concrete steps for small medium enterprises to leverage AI, but also for everyone to think about what a socio-technical or human-centered approach to artificial intelligence looks like in the everyday. And I think a great time for people to, to reflect on what this all means and what our future can look like. So thank you so much, Anna. And just to, in closing, how can people keep up with you, your research, and these resources? Um, Caitlin, well, first of all, thank you for the kind words. Uh, one way to uh, keep up with some of the recent developments is to follow AIStories.fi uh, portal. And of course, I'm also happy to connect on LinkedIn and to um, share some of my research and information uh, there. And um, But uh, Caitlin, thank you for this uh, insightful and interesting discussion. I, I hope that is something that will benefit benefit the listeners certainly thanks so much thanks for listening to progression to analog i'm your host caitlin Begg, founder of authentic social and sociological researcher on progression to analog we speak with practitioners and academics across europe about ways to explore more human every day amidst technological modernity and don't forget to follow and rate this podcast if you enjoyed it thanks so much